two. Tell me more, Rodney. Season two. Thank you so much for coming back and spending some time with me. As I always say, thank you so much for your time, love, and patience and support of the show. I really appreciate your ears. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. I hope things are going well in your world. I hope things are bright. I hope uh, hope life has been treating you well. It, it has been treating Rodney very, very well. Um, I have a lot to brag on um, that I can, and it's mostly you guys. Uh, you coming back, the consistency I'm seeing for those who are tuning in, the new people. I got to say hi to the new people. Hello, how are you? Yes, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome in. Uh, get yourself settled. Get comfortable if you're driving, working out, no matter whatever it is you're doing. Uh, thank you for coming along and being here. And if I've shared this with you, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate that. Uh, On this episode, we're going to be talking about um, sales leadership, Um, working as a sales manager, being a leader in, you know, uh, in this industry of new home sales. And I'm going to tell a lot of a few uh, of my stories, uh, my journey. Uh, For those of you that have been with me for a while, you realize and may know or remember that I've had several positions uh, in new home sales as as leader in leadership roles, uh, roles with titles that vary, um, titles such as uh, area manager to director of sales and marketing to sales manager to general manager. I mean, there the list goes on and on. Rodney's done a lot. Uh, I've I've experienced a lot. I've been fortunate a lot, and each of those positions. Uh, along uh, my life and these career, those careers, it's it's given me a peek inside of you know different areas, different departments uh, of working in new home sales and new home construction, and working with uh, sales counselors, sales professionals, and real estate agents. And today, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of. Um, some things that I've learned along the way. I have a book, if you can hear the pages, uh, that I'll be sharing with you. Um, one, another one of Rodney's favorites. Let's let's pull it out here. It's uh, it's by John C. Maxwell. Uh, he's written several books. I'm sure maybe some of you have read his books or have heard of his books. Um, but this one is it's titled "The Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership." And he talks about, you know, some of those things, some of the um, characteristics of, of a good leader, a good sales leader, or just a, a, I like to say this, just just a good person in general, from my opinion, what, what it takes and what it took for me to be uh, a good leader, uh, a good sales leader, a good sales manager, and all of those titles was just working on myself and being a good person. Um, those positions come with a lot of pressures, a lot of um, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, uh, a lot of fear. Um, and I know some of you that maybe have never worked in sales management or sales leadership before, or maybe whatever position it is that you're currently working in. I think all jobs, when you really, really think about it, they all come with a level of stress, worry, and, you know, fears and all of those things. You know, I think, uh, I think someone told me this uh, a while ago or early in my career is that 
they're paying you to worry, stress, and have fear so they don't have to. And that's kind of, I, I think, uh, uh, was a good statement that that, that person told me uh, in preparing me for my roles and in, in, in my future careers, you know, as a leader. But um, Mr. Maxwell, in his book, he talks about some of these laws, the laws of leaderships. And he lists, of course, 21. We're going to be, I'll go over them, and then we're going to talk maybe about a few of them. Uh, one we'll dive into uh, more deeper and in and, and more line with what we're going to be sharing and talking about today. Um, so let me get into it. Let's, let's open up the book and let me share um, John Maxwell's uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. First, there's the law of the lead. Two, the law of influence. Three, the law of process. Four, the law of navigation, uh, which is one I like. Um, it has a interesting little saying in it. It says, uh, anyone can steer the ship, but it takes a leader to chart the course. Number five, the law of E.F. Hutton. Number six, the law of solid ground. Number seven, the law of respect. Number eight, the law of intuition. Number nine, the law of magnetism. Number 10, the law of connection. Eleven, the law of the inner circle. Number 12, the law of empowerment. Number 13, the law of reproduction. 14, the law of buy-in. 15, the law of victory. 16, the law of Big Mo. 17, the law of priorities. 18, the law of sacrifice. 19, the law of timing. 20, the law of explosive growth. And 21, the law of legacy. Of those laws, the one I want us to take a little journey into was um, the law of connection, you know, connecting with people. And I read this, I read that statement uh, under that section and and I'll say it again. I'll read it again. Um, Leaders touch a heart before they ask for a hand. That was um, something that was, you know, was kind of core for me as a leader. I I had interesting, unique hiring practices, uh, I'll say, when when it came to hiring sales professionals and looking for potentials. I mean, I would hire um, people who had little to no experience. Most, most had none, uh, in, in new home sales. And I just had this, this thing that I look for when I would, you know, interview them, when I would meet with them is I would ask them, you know, about themselves. Uh, I, I would always try to look for someone who was just a nice person, uh, just, just putting it not a non, you know, not being complicated. I would just look for a a nice person. I always had a belief that, um, if you hire a nice person, you can teach them how to sell. Uh, but if you hired someone who knew how to sell and they weren't a nice person, you, you can't teach someone how to be nice. And I, I think it shows when people meet with someone who's genuine, someone who is just friendly and nice. I think you've uh, you've been to places and you just meet someone and they may not have been like the most knowledgeable person uh, in, in that experience for you, but they were like the nicest. They were just like a person who uh, had good energy. And, you know, I, I used to tell a story about 
I think all of us have maybe had this experience where you go and let's say you're ordering some food or you're, you're, you're doing some type of order or transaction at the register and the person is obviously new. Like it's like their first week, first day or, or something like that. And then that person's, you know, that you see them kind of struggling uh, with the register or the POS system, uh, whatever they're using. And, you know, sometimes they have to like stop and they're like, oh, I, I got to ask the manager for help. You know, because they're lost, you know, they're learning right there. Are they, they, they typically they're just afraid to make a mistake? You know, they have all this training dumped on top of them and they're just, just they're just trying to do things the right way. And then sometimes they'll say, you know, I, I'm so sorry. They start apologizing to you and they'll say, I need to, to get a manager. And, and typically when you see these managers, they, they come out, they come from the back or their office or whatever they're doing. And they're kind of just like, okay, standing over their shoulders and they're working with the person. Well, I've always been the type of person that, you know, when the manager would like apologize to me, uh, like apologizing for that person, I would kind of like it always brought me back to when I was doing something new or uh, or trying something for the first time. And I just had so much more patience for a person who was just trying and giving their best. And, you know, I found a lot of success in hiring that way. Uh, I know if, if I have any students, any college students or, or someone who's graduating something, some program or, or getting their real estate license or thinking about going into new home sales is that you're, you know, they, they, they kind of ask you for like your sales experience and, you know, what type of experience you have. And I think the number one complaint that uh, most people have is like, how can I get experience if no one will give me the chance to, uh, you know, do this and, and gain that experience? Uh, I think it's one of those things that, you know, colleges, I see that uh, college students, uh, they, they struggle with that. And that's kind of how they get them into, you know, working somewhat menial jobs while they're in college. Oh, you, you need this and you need some experience on your resume and, and then you'll get it. And their resume is like a paragraph long and it has like this, you know, you know, unique wording about, you know, manage, you know, money and funds for this. And it's like, Oh, you you worked you worked the register at In and Out Burger, or, or you were uh, you know uh, an attendant at uh, you know at some you know place or something like that. Uh, but you know they try to swell up these experiences and stuff like that. I think resume writers kind of do that, and I kind of blame HR for that. Like they've really written these job descriptions to where you know sometimes you apply to them and you're like, you know, am I even qualified for this? And I'm gonna tell you right right now. Most people aren't qualified for most of the jobs that they get. And yes, people have their degrees and they have their areas of uh, studies and things like that. But every company is different. Like no matter where you go or whether it's new or something you're beginning, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn that company. Even if you have experience from another company, when you get there, it, it kind of feels like you're starting over because they do things differently. Like, you know, how can I be an expert at, you know, your you know, your process when I don't know it yet. So, you know, a little tip for the people that are maybe out there in the job market is, you know, let's let's be forward with that. You know, nobody goes in um, knowing the uh, person's contract front and back that they've never seen. 
So be mindful of that. You know, it's it's going to take time. It's going to give be patient with yourself on a journey into a career uh, such as new home sales. But moving back to the book, um, we're talking about the laws and the one we're talking about right now was is the the law of connection. And, you know, in that in that section uh, of the book, you know, um, here's another interesting statement from it. It says, uh You can't move people to action unless you first move them with emotion. The heart comes before the head. And that is, that carried me. That carried me as a leader. Um, It would, it would hurt me as a leader. Um, um, I think if you're a good leader, you are emotionally uh, attached to your, your, the people that, uh, that, you know, follow you, um, the people that you're responsible for. Um, it, it can be, a, it can be something that, you know, it's when you think you're leading someone, you're, you're really connecting with them. Uh, you're connected with them in, in some kind of way. Um, a little story for me, from me, um, is early, early, well, at the very beginning of my military career, yes, Rodney was in the military. I know some of you guys are probably like, what? Yes, that's right. Um, I remember uh, showing up to basic training. Now, Rodney's tall, okay? So uh, I kind of stand out a little bit. I'm not that tall. For me, I don't feel tall, but uh, I guess I'm tall. Um, but, uh, I remember, uh, when I first arrived to basic training, uh, one of the first things they do is they like assign someone as a leader, like right off the back. Like they don't even know you, you just got there off the bus and nobody wants to be the leader when they first get to base. I mean, you're, you're just trying to make it through. Okay, for any my veteran, any of my veterans, anybody who's served, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, but the number one thing you're trying to do is you, that you don't want to do in base training is stand out. Uh, maybe later on you want to stand out, but in the beginning you're not trying to stand out. You're just trying to blend in. So the the drill sergeant, the the cadre, the tech sergeant, uh, whatever branch you were in, just did not notice you. You wanted to what they call it fly below the radar. Well, I didn't get to fly below the radar like I knew absolutely nothing I'm there first day basic training and they're like oh we need a platoon guide and I don't even know what a platoon I don't even know what a platoon is at this point and they just look and I remember this guy walking and he just looks at me and I'm like why is he looking at me and he's just like come over here you're the PG and I'm like PG yeah, that you're you're the platoon guide. And I'm like, me? And and then of course I got yelled at for asking a question, but I was like assigned the platoon guide right off of the bus. And I'm like all of these men are there, and I'm like, you're there, I'm their leader. Immediately, I'm their leader. And you know, I'm like Oh, okay. So yeah, you're responsible for all of these guys and I'm going to come talk to you and and you're, you're in charge. I'm like in charge. Uh, This is the United States army. And I've been in here uh, all of, uh, what, two hours. And and now I'm in charge. Like, okay. First of all, I was nervous because I'm like, if this was the military department and how we're assigning leaders, we have a problem, but nevertheless, 
I was assigned that. And, you know, for here's what I've learned about that. You know, I was told that when you're the platoon guy, like it's a position where you do it just for like a, a little baby, a couple of weeks or a week or two, and then they rotate other people through. They kept me as the platoon guide all the way through basic training. Yeah, I, I didn't get to be like a, a regular person in basic training. I had to be the platoon guide all the way through basic training in the United States Army. That wasn't fun. Uh, that was crazy, in my opinion. Uh, but I had to learn a lot. Uh, it made me this, uh, I guess, kind of person that I am today. Uh, I just, you know, was thrown into this leadership position. And I'll, I'll bring that back to new home sales. It, it kind of almost happened uh, the, the same way for me. I mean, I was a sales counselor uh, at that time. I had came from general real estate and went into new home sales and I was working for a higher end builder. And, um, you know, I'm working and I'm, I'm happily working as a sales, you know, counselor. And then I'm told, I'm asked, hey, how would you like to now lead your peers and I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm one of the, the the sales professionals. Like we talk about the sales manager, you know, we huddle up and you know how fun it is. Like, you know, being, you know, just an employee and then the, the managers, it's like these separate groups and the, you know, the, the workers, we're like a cool group, right? It's like that in new home sales, like the sales people, like we're, we're a group, we're, we're a cool group of people because we're not the man, you know? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So uh, I, I take the opportunity uh, without much uh, options because w what are you going to do? Say, nah, I'll, I'll pass. Uh, no. So you 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 take the the opportunity that's given and, and you do your best and you, and you learn uh, on the job. You know, there there was no sales leadership course or anything like that. And you know, you know, to tie that to the military, they say that the hardest rank in the military is when you go from what they call an E4 to an E5. That's from a regular soldier to a sergeant. And they said it's because you're, you're now um, in charge. You're a leader. You're, you're a part of a, a different group, you know, a management group, a non-commissioned officer, an NCO. And, you know, now your buddies have to give you this level of respect when just, you know, a month ago, a week ago, or a few days ago, a few hours ago, you were one of them. And, and it's a big change for a, a lot of people. Um, and for me, it was like that in new home sales. I went from being, you know, one of the, the sales counselors or sales professionals. I think that was a title uh, we had then. And now I'm the, the area manager, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm responsible for them showing up to work on time and them doing doing their jobs and uh, them making their sales and their sales goals and the, the communities and the, the, the appearance and the maintenance of the community and, uh, you know, uh, helping, you know, dealing with the construction uh, within the community. So it was it was a big change. Um, 
And I often wonder sometimes, like, you know, why do I always get picked? You know, so I mean, I was like, you know, I could have had, I could have made a lot of money as just just being a sales counselor without all of the stress and the, and the worries that come with uh, with, with leadership. Um, but uh, nevertheless, hey, that's that was Rodney's path. It's it's always kind of been that way for me. Um, some people will say, Rodney, you're fortunate, and I do because I, I did get to. Um, expand myself, grow myself, and help a lot of people and give opportunities uh, to people that may have never, ever uh, gotten an opportunity. Uh, and, and that was one of the most uh, fulfilling parts of, uh, of for me, uh, working as, as a sales leader and at a new home sales uh, company as a build, with a home builder. Um, but anyway, back to this law of connection and talking about how the heart comes first uh, in what we're doing, you know, um, and I, I, I bring that back to, you know, you know, how to, you know, be a leader and how to help people succeed in this industry. And as a new leader, you know, I, I needed help myself, you know, and I mean, and, and there's a passage in the book that says, um, and I'll make sure I get it right. Um, the stronger the relationship and connection between individuals, the more likely the follower will want to help the leader. And oftentimes, just just with a title and feeling like you're the leader, you, you don't realize how much help you need. I mean, the people that work with you, the people that work for you, um, they are the, the reasons why you're you're going to be successful. I'll say that a different way. The people that work with you and for you will also could also be the reason why you fail. I remember I had this friend who was a CF who was the CFO of the company and um we were looking at um some GP sheets, some profits and and margins and things like that of some deals. And um you know, I was just asking him questions. I would always ask the the department heads uh questions and talk to them about, you know, what they're looking for, you know, kind of, you know, how can I be better, things like that. And you know, he he told me this. He says, "Rodney, the front line is the bottom line." And that again, was just another thing that stuck with me. And it it really, you know, he, he was looking at me while I was looking at him as a CFO. He was looking at me as a, as a, as a sales manager, as a director of sales and going, you're more important than what I'm doing. I have nothing to do unless you're doing your job first. And that, that, I mean, it was like more pressure, uh, you know, of course, when, when you know, the CFO tells you that. But it, it's also a good lesson um, uh, for, for those of us working, in, uh, you know, as sales leaders that, hey, you know, the front line is the bottom line. And, you know, I hope organizations, you know, understand that, you know, I mean, we can you can't build anything unless you, you have something. I mean, you've sold something. Um, so it, it's very, very important to you realize the importance of that. But it's also important for salespeople to realize that um, you, unless you're connecting and doing those things and relationship building with people, you're not going to make any sales. You're not going to, um, you know, be successful. So everyone in, in new home sales is very, very connected, whether they want to be or not. But back to the book uh, and the law of connection. Um, here's a passage. Connect with people one at a time. 
A key to connecting with others is recognizing that even in a group, you have to relate to people as individuals. General Norman Schwarzkopf remarked, I have seen competent leaders who stood in front of a platoon and all they saw was a platoon. But great leaders stand in front of a platoon and they see it as 44 individuals, each of whom has aspirations, each of whom wants to live, each of whom wants to do good. And that's what I saw when I became a sales manager. I looked at the people that I was leading. I looked at the people that were placed underneath me as individuals with individual skills, talents, fears, and cheers about working in this industry. And that's what made me halfway decent. Check it out, y'all. Look at the time. Man, can y'all believe you did it? You did it again. You just made it through another episode of Tell Me More Rodney, season two. I'm proud of you. still here here I'll give you this a few a few closing thoughts some things to work on as you build your organization as a leader remember this personnel determines the potential of the organization relationships determines the morals of the organization. Leadership determines the success of the organization. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. I hope you're smiling right now. This has been Tell me more, Rodney. And y'all know what I always say. If y'all come back, I promise you, if you come back, come back. Hit subscribe. Yo, you get the notifications. Don't be a rando. Come spend some time with Rodney. And let me tell you more.